ATL coming to you from the lovely city of Atlanta, Georgia, going out to Indiana with Doug. How's it going, Doug? I'm doing great, Reggie. Yourself? Can never complain, my friend. We did a show a, a few weeks ago, I want to say. We were talking about kind of like the changing of business and everything, or the retail investor kind of like versus the, the retail trader versus the in- institutional investor. Now, mm-hmm. for people who pay attention to the business world, which I do love so much, and uh, I'm a massive business nerd. You see something happening mm-hmm. as of the last few years, maybe three, two to three years, but the pandemic laid it to complete bear. Like it did a lot of things. Um, there's a kind of like a split happening between your institutional investor and your so-called retail trader. People who are just trading Robin, Robin hood gets the worst, gets the worst reputation with this right. because Robinhood does the same thing as all these other like TD Ameritrade. They all do the same thing. Right. <laughs> but Robinhood is kind of like right. the represent represents this culture, so to speak, of like your retail trader, your Robinhood trader, so to speak. You know? Have you ever used Robinhood? Do you are you familiar with any of these apps? I know that you have your traditional investment um situation that you have going. Have you ever used it? Do your kids use it? Or what, what's the situation with your experience with these kinds of apps? No, I mean, I, I'm aware of it. I understand what it does, but I have never used it. Um, not because I'm anti-system or anything like that. It's just that I am one, and this is maybe shows my age, shows my uh, ignorance of technology, but when I get comfortable in something, I like to stay the status quo because I know it's kind of like with my phone. You know, my kid, my wife's phone, kids are on it they get they're on their phone they're messing things up me i'm like don't mess things up. i got everything the way i like it and they <laughs> mess it up and it takes me a month to figure out how to get it back to how i like it so um so no i i go with what i know uh and that's kind of the same way that i invest i stick with things that i know that i'm comfortable with and i try not to get out of my area of comfort slash expertise and i know that's a double-edged sword but I think that's where you get yourself into less trouble, honestly. And I don't think you'd be alone in that just due to the fact that a lot of people, if if I'm already investing and I already mm-hmm. have investing mechanisms that have worked and that are reaching my goals and I still have a, let's say I have a right. time horizon of, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever a time horizon is. And I'm already on that horizon. I don't really see any need to get off that, to kind of get off that bus or train, so to speak. You know, there's no really need, any need to get off of it right. because it's already headed to where I want to go when I want to get there. So there's not really any reason to to change it, to change any trajectory in what you're doing. I feel like with the Robin Hood situation and with people like me and myself only been investing for a year, it brings in new people. It's more like new investors being brought in. Right. You know what I mean? Versus Absolutely. your uh, institutional or people who might have had financial advisors and and stuff like that. Yeah, and I also think it's uh, your comfort comfort level. So I think the younger millennium, they want to do their own research, and they know, and I don't mean this as a bad, I hope nobody takes this as negative. They go, I know what I want. I want A, whatever A is. Whereas for me, I like to be able to sit down physically across the desk from somebody and to play out different scenarios and go, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And have that interaction. And I think with the Robinhood app and some of the 
other current technology that's out there, if you're very comfortable with your decision and which direction you want to go in and you don't need to pick up the phone and ask somebody else, that's the app for you or that's the the vehicle that you need to use and, and should use. But for me, I like to, to play that devil's advocate and somebody at least make me defend what I'm thinking, kind of hold me accountable. So you like to be able to bounce your ideas off, uh, yeah. off somebody, see if they're, if they're viable or not, basically. Absolutely. Is it right? Wrong? I don't know. That's just the way I like to do it, though. So what do you think then the major changes are? Because as, as we are coming into this particular point in time, there's massive differences in how people have invested now versus 10 years ago versus 10 years before that. Are you seeing any correlations? Because mm-hmm. you've been investing a lot longer than I have because I've only been investing for like 12 mm-hmm. months, maybe now like 18 months, maybe now, maybe about right. roughly a year and a half. So are there any changes that you've seen yourself between the time where you started investing versus the time where you're the current times now? Well, I, you know, here's a couple of things. Uh, one is there's a lot more people that are investing in the stock market whether it's through their 401k, et cetera. But here's what I don't think has really changed. And I think this is really scary. People don't truly understand what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> we're looking at, I mean, I don't know how many times when I hire a new employee, uh, somebody will come to me and say, I got the 401k, what do you think? And I, I kind of put my hands up and go, you need to go talk to HR, you need to go talk to somebody that's licensed. I'd be more than happy if it wasn't that relationship that I was having with an employee or, or, or something. But most people, they, they know they're getting a 401k, but they don't understand what it truly is. And they don't truly understand how they should be picking the market. And I, I, I tell you, over time, these apps have actually made it easier for people to enter in. But it's a form of gambling that people don't truly understand what they're, what they're seeing and what, and what the, uh, consequences could be because statistically over the last what 10 years all they've seen is the market go up you know of course we had the uh 2008 2009 or 7 8 uh disaster and then we had a year ago we had the blip in the uh, stock market with the pandemic Mm -hmm. but but we're at record highs and so to me i think that we're getting more and more people into the market which is not necessarily a bad thing but I don't think that the level of understanding or comfort has actually went up. And, and I, I hate to say it, but I think there's going to be a day of reckoning coming in the market that's going to shift. And we're not going to see a quick rebound. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that could be a good thing where we're kind of resetting things for a little bit. And people are going to get scared because they, and they're, they're thinking that there's going to be a guarantee in there when there's no guarantee in the market. Yeah, and and I think that's something that needs to be understood. That's the that's right. the basic. Uh, that's the way it's always been in that sense, right? That's pretty consistent in the sense that sure. hey, you can lose your money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's something yes, that has to has to be understood. And I can attest to this: you can lose it very fast. You know, it it can yes. it can happen like overnight, and you can lose you can a lot of those gains that 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 you that you've had now. To, for people that are investing now and they're saying, hey, well, this is the way it's always been and everything like that. 
Mm-hmm. Is it a problem? Because you see a lot of people feeling like the government should, should have more regulations against these things. Or maybe Robinhood should try, trade a, uh, have a fee because there's no fee trading and stuff like that. But then for people who do trade like this, um, they say, well, people have always been investing and people have always been losing money. They don't know what the big deal is. Right. Why, why, why draw attention to it now? Where do you stand on the regulation side of where should there be? Should Robinhood start? Trading, having fee trading, or because maybe that stems people from just trading a million times a day, or or just kind of just let it go, let the market sort it out. You know, I'm I'm a true capitalist in the sense that says two things: one, less regulation unless it comes to public health and public safety. I got a whole theory on that, but mm-hmm. other than that, I want I don't want too many regulations. And number two, nine times out of ten, the reason we see people going. Hey, Robin Hood needs a fee and, and, and stuff is because they're getting beat in the market um, by the competition. And so what they usually do is what happens? They go, oh, I got to cry wolf that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm getting my butt kicked in this. Right. Somebody's got a, a better, <laughs> cheaper product. So now we have to regulate it. And I'm like, no, that's, th- that is not the way the market should work, in my opinion. If there is a good reason to, to have that, that's one thing. But just because you're getting your butt kicked right now and it's a knee-jerk reaction just to level the playing field so you can be back to, to number one, to me, that's not a very solid reason. But it's the old thing, money talks and bullshit walks. So do and you that's think- why a lot of these regulations happen. So for people then who think that uh, just charging more or just them having – fee trading or having regulations would just change human behavior, which I don't, I don't think it necessarily was. People were losing money then they can uh, lose it now lose it a, lot, a lot quicker, <laughs> <laughs> but they were losing right? it then and they can, they can lose it now. And you have a lot of this going on, even in the, in the crypto trade where people are talking about um, crypto yeah. regulating crypto and all that other stuff. Some of these things you just got to understand, I guess what the risk is when it comes to, to trading them. So it's not really mm-hmm. on a, on any particular person. But as these changes are happening, uh, let's talk about just the companies and the structural changes that are happening at some of these companies. When you have CEOs after CEOs with their pay packages being denied, that's something that's been happening a lot lately, where CEOs or pay packages mm-hmm. are being denied by shareholders. Um, is that a, a, a form of activism? Like you don't necessarily have to be a Carl Icahn now to go in and play some spark, even albeit a very small part compared to what he might play. Um, in shaping a company the way that you want to see it. What do you think about that? Uh, I, 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 yeah. No, I think that's a great question. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, I, I guess I really stand by what I said earlier. I think a lot of times people are just reacting to situation you think it's like a fomo type situation because you know fomo can be major now because now it can be fomo can be in your high school you see your high school friends making a thousand dollars you're like what i I, I gotta get it right right you know you know (laughs) i i guess what i'm saying at the end of the day is there's a lot of things coming on to the mainstream very, very quickly. That's the the good and the bad thing about technology, like the Bitcoin or Robinhood. I mean, in theory, somebody can have an idea and with just a very short period of time, things can be brought up to speed and they can do a lot of good and they can do a lot of damage, you know, in, in terms of that. And I think that some of the 
old time money companies, etc., do not know how to react to this new technology, this new world that we're in. And so the first thing that they do is they go and hide behind regulation. Mm, I like that, that as far and, as like the go-to, the, the, the fix-it-all type situation. Yeah. We'll, just put, we'll, just, we'll just put a regulation in there until we understand it. And to me, some of that is good. Some of that is very valid. But at the end of, end of the day, it's just trying to put a temporary stop or a fix while somebody else tries to figure out what the heck's going on in, in the process. So personally, I'm not really a big fan of that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, somebody wants to dip their toe in Bitcoin and they don't understand it because they think that the market's just going to go up and up and up and up. Shame on you. I mean, I don't know anything that's a, a sure guarantee. Maybe a CD maybe savings, but we've seen that at an all time low here, uh, recently. So that those are safe, more safe guarantees, uh, in, in terms of that, at the end of the day, I think there's just a lot of technology that's moving and the, the safest thing is say, we're going to regulate it to slow it down until we can figure out what's going on. That's a double edged sword in my opinion. Do you think then that this, how companies are doing business themselves, do you think they then that they're looking at this and then they change anything that they're doing or do it, that they have to adapt to wild swings in their share right. price? You know, you see how AMC was had a massive swing in its share price and then they use that to raise yep. capital. GameStop, same thing. Uh, massive swing yep. in their share price. They use that to raise capital. So this is having a real world effect <laughs> on companies that might have been dead in the water at a certain point. They say now AMC is like owned by 80%. AMC is owned by 80% retail traders um, own this company. So basically it's owned. It's like the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers is owned by everybody. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And and look at them. They're doing doing pretty good. They've they've survived pretty well with this kind of system. You know, Um, it's interesting to see. Absolutely. It is. It, it's it's interesting to see. We if we use the Green Bay uh, Packers analogy, we know it can work. It does work. There's a system in place, and they've been very successful. Is that going to work for an AC or AMC or a GameStop? Well, I, I think the jury's still out. I think long term it, it may not uh, because people can get tired of it, or they're so. Um, customary to a high return that sometimes the stock's just going to settle, settle down uh, to where it needs to be. And because right now some of that's probably overvalued by quite a little bit. And so we'll just see, see what happens, but you know, I'm a, the, the philosophy, you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. And I, if you're okay with that, then I've got no, I got no problem with that, but don't come to me and asking for government bailout. Mm, I see. And, you know, that's so let's let's talk about that for a second, because there is a lot of people who feel like this is more of an evening an evening, the, the mm-hmm. playing field, so to speak, because we all know that if go back to tw- uh, 2008 or so that yep. the, the bailouts who that benefited. A lot of these companies that yep. had made these risky loans are the ones that got bailed out. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Whereas a lot of people absolutely. who took the risky loans, you didn't get bailed out. You were still on the hook for whatever you owed. You didn't get the bailout. You didn't get a bailout. 
So maybe what do you think about that? Driving this as as a more of like an evening factor, like hey, they're looking at this as like evening the playing field type situation between your retail and your your institutional. Yeah, it's it's, it's a possibility uh, in, in terms of that, and I. I of course, I don't want anything bad to happen, but I, I, I think that day's probably coming here quicker than, than, um, than we realize that there is going to probably, I, I don't want to use another word collapse because I think that has an, a, a negative, uh, concentration to it, but I do think there's another correction coming. And I, we've talked about this on our, on the show before that in, a, a correction in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. No, it gives you an opportunity to, to maybe get into some other assets that you really been wanting yeah. to get into at a, at a good price. Or it allows people that were in it for the wrong reasons to get out, you know? And I think I've used this analogy before. Uh, one of my favorite movies is The Godfather, and they're talking about the gang wars that happened, you know, and, and Clemenza says, you know, from time to time, ah, this is natural. Every five, 10 years, we have to have a, a, a war to, to clean out the bad blood. And I think that's an analogy that are really don't understand what the hell they're doing. That's going to get them out. Hopefully that'll spook them and allow them to, to get out and let the people that need to be in the market to be in the market. I'm okay with anybody and everybody being in the market. I'm in the market. You're in the market. People should be in the market. But you got to understand that it is a gamble. There's no guarantees and be ready to lose everything that you put in there. And right. as long as you live with that philosophy, say, I just invested 10,000. And if everything goes away tomorrow, I don't need that 10,000. I can live with that. Very rarely does that happen. I mean, sure. it does. Uh, you might not get the 7% return that you want, but you may invest 10,000 and now it's worth 11,000 over a 30, 40 uh, year period. Okay. So you made a little bit of return. There's going to be ups and downs. We're not all going to be the next Warren Buffett in the process. But I am a philosopher of when I'm in the market, I'm in it for the long term. Uh, and if it's a good investment today, it should be the same good investment 20, 30 years from now. So making sure that you take a long-term approach to it, I think will serve people better. If you're in it to try to time the market and make a quick buck, that's where people, I think, really get in trouble. I, I don't know about you, but I don't have time to be the day trader that's buying and selling on, on a daily basis. I like to study, make a decision, and then say, you know what? I'll check it in 30 years and see if what's going on. Not really. I'm watching it. But my point is, I'm not looking at it every single day because I'm in it for the long term. So that's one of my problems right there as a new trader. I Even when I had $100 in there, Doug, I was checking mm-hmm. you. You would have thought I had 100000 in there with the way that I was checking that thing every day. <laughs> I'm looking at it, I'm managing it because I was so new that it was like, I just had to, right. I just had to make sure that my hundred dollars was still there. Sometimes it went down to 90. Sometimes it went up to like 110, right. you know, and I was, I was very happy with that. And it just put more in as I could see, you know, the, the fluctuations because there's going to be right. different fluctuations. And I think that a long-term investment strategy definitely helps with, with those kinds of, of fluctuations that you deal with. I do think mm-hmm. that there's a little bit of the trying to stick it to the men situation going on right <laughs> right now because sure, you're like hey absolutely. as soon as we start as soon as a little guy starts getting some money they want regulations they want all this other stuff to happen as soon as a little guy starts winning type thing whereas some people because there's some states i want to say like massachusetts there's some states trying to do away with robin hood altogether in their state 
And yeah. I think that's a little bit well, nanny statish to me. You know, that's where my conservative fiscal fiscal conservative takes over. And I don't want I don't want many regulations on my on my financial apps. Well, I think it all goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's where somebody feels threatened, typically the big boys uh, in the process. And so what do they do with that? You either tax something to death or you regulate it. Those are the ways that you stop and kill things. And somebody like a Robin Hood is not as powerful as somebody as a uh, Lehman Brothers. Well, Lehman Brothers is no longer Lehman Brothers business. Was, but, anyway. uh, but yeah, for a hundred and some uh, years old, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody. I mean, it'd be uh, J.P. Morgan or completely. Goldman Sachs or Morgan yeah, Stanley, Goldman those, Sachs, the, the, the big yeah, boys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The big boys, they've got the power. They got the political clout. They're the ones giving the, the PAC money uh, to the individuals that, that setting those rules. I got nothing against that. It's just that don't come to me, those same companies, and say, look what we did when it's like, hmm, you want competition as long as it's competition that's going to advantage you, not everybody else. That's my problem. They, they sit there and they go, oh, we're all for competition. We're all for the, an open and fair market as long as I'm the one getting. <laughs> as long as I'm the one winning in this market. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, see the problem. As soon as they get somebody, uh, the little guy finds a way to outsmart the big guys and all these, the big money that they're making. Then they go, hey, wait a minute, time out, time out. This is, this is a broken system. We got to fix it. Is it? Uh, yes, I think it is broken, but not for the reasons you think it is. So how is there any way then to kind of kind of uh, settle it for both sides to placate both sides to say, hey, well, we put this in to, to make sure that the, the little guy is protected because that's what it pretty much is put the, the guys under. I mean, I don't want to say guys. I don't want to make it seem like some of these people really don't think that this is the best method of protection for some people. I, mean, I believe right. that some people yeah, really yeah. do. But I also think that sure. it, like if you gamble, if you have a casino and you walk into a casino, as soon as you walk in, you have to know you're in a casino. And I don't think that can be regulated. I don't think that there's no amount of regulation that can change that. You know, if a person decides they want to enter risky investments, what amount of regulation can save that person? Like, why is it up to, because, you know, you have a lot of people who feel like these apps should be have more educational tools. They shouldn't be just allowing people to just trade willy nilly whenever they want to and all this other stuff. Um, but is it really on any one individual corporation to make sure that the people who are um, using their product are always thoroughly educated on using their product? I don't know. I, I, I kind of go back to what you said. You know, you, how do you do that? How do you do that? You know, they tried that with lottery tickets. They tried that with alcohol and smoking. And guess what? At the end of the day, people still smoke. I mean, <laughs> right. how many times can you... Right, you know, you look at a pack of cigarettes and it says this may cause cancer. People still buy cigarettes. There aren't even cigarette commercials anymore. Food. They outlawed they outlawed commercials right. for yeah. cigarettes. You can't even see the billboard. Remember the Marlboro uh, uh, signs that were out there? Yeah, I remember the Marlboro uh, Man. Cowboy. Absolutely. And, yeah, and all and camel cigarettes and you had points, you could get a jacket and all that good stuff. Well, they take it all that away, they put the warning labels on there, and guess what? I still go to the gas station. I have to sit behind somebody and go, I want a pack or I want a, a box of X, whatever that is. And then every once in a while, you still see somebody trying to see, go, 
I didn't know smoke smoking a cigarette can cause cancer. And you go, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, at some point, the burden has to be on the individual. You know, you know, not everything can be corporate America's fault. That's true. You mean stay, standing in smoke or inhaling that into your lungs? I, I mean, I, I'm not a biologist. I'm not a medical doctor, but. I know that's probably not a good thing. It can cause you a few problems. <laughs> Especially if I'm coughing. Yeah. You know? So I think there has to be some common sense, and I think that's what we've lost. Uh, you know, when I think of a common sense law, remember McDonald's several years ago when somebody sued because hot coffee spilled in their in their lap? And Man, like, I didn't know isn't hot. that crazy? And they got a million dollars out of it. And that. they won. Yeah. <laughs> they right. won. And now, now you got to say, this is hot coffee. And it's like, uh, hmm. When I want coffee, I want it hot. And I I understand things happen, mistakes. I've had them hand me something the lid wasn't on perfect, and I've got burnt. And, yeah, it didn't feel good, but I'm not going to sue somebody. I mean, part of that's my responsibility, too, paying attention. Maybe if I wasn't on my phone uh, when somebody was handing me something and I was paying attention, Part of that, I have to take some responsibility, too, as the consumer. I'm just a big fan of that. And I think we've lost the touch of of common sense out there. Yeah. We always think it's somebody else's fault. Especially when you are, you see people trying to get their money back, and that's not really how the market works. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Now, if you were lied to or misled, that's a complete different situation. But if you invest $1,000 in ABC and they go bankrupt two weeks later and the warning signs were all on and you're like watch NBC or Fox Business or, any, or read the Wall Street Journal or any newspaper go, hey, ABC company's probably not the best company to, to be investing in and you still do it, that's not my problem. That's yours. Do your research. Do your own homework. You know, and if you don't want to, don't come crying to me. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. I can't regulate stupid in some in, in some cases. So then, it, there maybe we just let let it just go, let the market decide. You know, we're both free cap, proud capitalists, proud yeah. free capitalists on this show. We maybe we just say, hey, just, just let it all sort. I'm I'm for letting it be sorted out. Listen, I tell my my daughter, she just started investing herself. She invested mm-hmm. very early. She's got a much better uh, chance of a lot more money than I am because she's going to have that time horizon is going to be. Uh, pretty wide for her so but she knows what the risks are you know there's there's risk and there's, right. there's ways you can mitigate risk but um i'm usually taking care of a lot of that for her if you're jumping into every single thing that you see out here that people are doing then you have the risk of uh, i guess losing a lot more of your money but it is your money to lose so i guess at the end of the day there's really nothing i don't think anything should be done personally i don't think there's I don't think there should be any more regulations because the regulations are going to come down on one party more than the other. And we've seen that these bigger corporations, they know how to get around these regulations. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're more adept at getting around them than your random retail trader is going to be if they happen to have them. Like if yeah. you have a state that just says they can't even download Robinhood or you can't even have it on your phone or something like that. It's ridiculous because basically you're saying you don't believe all, just because you have some citizens who lose money that nobody can have the chance to make it because some citizens were, right. were uh, 
I won't say dumb enough because that's that's too broad of a brush, that's too harsh, too harsh. It's yeah. too harsh. But you were, you didn't necessarily uh, do your research, and you end, it ended up costing you money. So now nobody can download the app. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and here's the other thing. Here's the story that I always like to tell is usually there's a reason. So you know we uh, we talked about Warren Buffett and some others that they want to get rid of the the death tax. They think that everybody should pay a death tax, right? Mm-hmm. Or not everybody, but a lot of those big guys. But have we ever asked the reason why that they want that? I don't think it's because of Warren Buffett or some of these other are, are firm believers in the death tax. I'll tell you a quick little story. Years ago, how Warren Buffett bought Dairy Queen. That was a family-owned and operated business. And then when the owners died, the kids who wanted to inherit and keep the franchise couldn't because they couldn't pay the death tax or that penalty. And so Warren Buffett picked it up because he had millions and billions of dollars. And here's the dirty little secret. In my opinion, it's not because I think Warren Buffett truly believes that, yo, yes, we have to have the death, 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 I can't even talk, death tax. I think it, they believe in the death tax because they know that they can benefit because they're the ones with the money. And then if you can't afford to pay your, your, your fair share of that tax, then I can buy it for pennies on the dollar in the process. So I think we have to look at motives, too, why people want things. Usually, uh, if you ever read the, the movie uh, The Godfather, at the beginning of the book, there's a quote that you know how sometimes the author will write a quote mm-hmm. before they get in the book. That's Mario Puzo, and there's, right? Mario that, that is correct. You're, you're spot on. And there's, it says, behind every great fortune, there is a crime. I always love that. Now, I'm not saying that Warren Buffett's criminal. I, nobody believes that. He is doing everything within the letter of the law. For sure. My point is, my point is, there's always a reason why you're doing something. And because I can buy something very cheap while others uh, at somebody else's expense. I hope that makes sense. And I love Warren Buffett. That's not a criticism of him. He's doing everything well within the letter of the law. I'm just saying, what is the reason why some people want regulations? It's because it's going to help them and cripple somebody else in the process, not because they truly believe in that regulation. I can see that. And, and that yeah, it does. And when it comes to, to Warren Buffett in particular, I give Warren Buffett more of a pass on these type of things uh, because of his he's already more in the giving pledge and stuff like that. He's not really ever proved or looked to me as be a guy who just be completely money hungry. He's always been a guy that's like uh, like the scorekeep, as he says a lot. He just likes uh, winning more so than uh, hogging all the money or so. He's already said he's going to give away a massive percentage of it anyway. Um, Do you think there's a situation where sometimes people can just be both? You know, have a, a problem with the debt tax, but at the same time, they benefit off these things as as well. I think that's a lot of people in the business world find themselves in these kind of conundrums. Like you, you make so much money, and when you make a lot of money, even if you, you know, it's funny because once you make, even if you have thousands of dollars, you don't have to have millions. Even if you have thousands of dollars, then you can see the income equality just with that alone. Just what having thousands, it doesn't take yeah. you getting to millions to see the income equality where you might have thousands and a person, right. if they had two thousand dollars, that'd be a ton of money to them. You know what I mean? And um, right. Absolutely. You see that inequality. So I feel like but you still want your thousands, though, right? I don't I, I, I see right. the income inequality, I but miss- I still want my money, you know? 
Right. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, I don't blame those guys. I mean, I want my cake and eat it too. I mean, I'm human. I, I want it both ways. Right. I mean, absolutely. That's just be, that's just being a human. So when I say that, I, I don't want people to think that I'm, you know, uh, trying to, uh, uh, say that somebody's doing something illegal or wrong or honest. No, all that is all good. And yes, I think it is possible that you could see a, a financial benefit. And then as you get older, we all know we're going to die at some point. You say, well, you know what? I kind of received my fair share. I want to give back to others in that process. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But I guess my original point is just at the end of the day, most time, most of the time, people want something, are pushing for a regulation or some type of law. It's because there's some type of financial benefit for them. You know, it's going to either help me or it's going to hurt me, and that's why somebody's on for or against an issue. For sure, absolutely, and and I don't think you can take regulate that out of humans being self-serving that's kind of like our motivation no. for, for life you know so <laughs> i think you're absolutely you're uh, absolutely right about that so i think and we'd be a hypocrite you know because i'm like that as well i i want what's best for me i want what's best for my family and if i can take an advantage i'm going to be for this but if i see it's going to hurt me i'm going to be against it that is just life and, and we can't regulate that nor should we you know you can't regulate uh, ethics, you can't, re- uh, I guess you can regulate ethics, but you can't regulate somebody's feelings. Right. Somebody's desires. moral compass. You know, it, it, it's, it's, you can't, yeah, edit, you can't you. regulate somebody's moral compass. It either is a certain way and there's that person with that or moral not. compass is, uh, is, can be great, can be negative and the money could just be there. It just can be a, a factor, but it's not necessarily affecting moving that compass for them either way. So I definitely, uh, agree with that and appreciate you t- uh, taking a few minutes here to entertain a business nerd such as myself here, Doug. Well, you know, I enjoy it. It's always a pleasure uh, being on with you, Reggie. This is Reggie ATL. Check us out. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. See you next time.